This is true. We have pain in our lives because we live in a very broken world. We're seeing that right now, even as in, in almost real time, we're seeing that we live in a very broken world. And as a result of that, we experience pain. And God allows that pain. And that's sometimes that's hard for us to swallow. That's hard for us to really understand how we can have pain that God allows. Um, but if we really break that down and we unpack that idea, and that's what we're going to do today. We're going to kind of unpack that idea of how God uses uh, experiences in our lives to, to make us, mold us, recreate us. Um, we have to start with this basic concept that God has a very specific purpose for all of us in our life. And really, we can break that down into three main points. God has three purposes for us. One is to love him, to be connected with him. The second thing that our purpose in our life would be as far as God is, is, is concerned is to become more like him. So love him, become more like him. And then finally, the third purpose for our lives is to love the world around us all the way to Jesus. And really, that's what it comes down to. That, that's our purpose. That's why we exist. And God often uses our pain to accomplish his purpose in and through our lives. And, and sometimes it can be a little bit tough. Sometimes that can be difficult. And that's hard for my human mind to understand why God can do, would do that and how God would do that. But one thing I'm pretty confident of is God's never going to waste a hurt. And God doesn't want me to waste a hurt. Yeah. You know, it's so strange that when it comes to regarding new, which is what this series is about, when it comes to regarding new, so much of our new in my life, in your life, in your life, so much of that new comes through pain. And if we waste it, if we waste that pain, we don't see new regarding that. We will only see regret. And we will see remorse, but we won't grow and we won't see new. We won't regenerate through that pain. We will actually do the opposite. We will degenerate through that pain. Now, there's a, a, a verse. I want, I want you to listen to a paraphrase of this verse. It's Galatians 3, 4. And this is a, a paraphrase version of that. It says, uh, Paul speaking to uh, this church. He says, did you go through this whole painful learning process for nothing, Paul says. It is uh, not yet a total loss. And he says, but it certainly will be if you keep this up. In other words, you can grow through this, but you've got you've to be a willing participant. Right, and, and, and God won't waste the hurt. No. He uh -uh. won't waste your hurt. No. Um, you he know. will actually try to reinvent us through that pain, and that's that reinventing process that is what is making us new. He wants to do that, and the result of reinventing us through that pain is new. But we do have some specific choices to make, and here's the first one. We're going to have it on the screen for you. Our pain is going to take us somewhere. And I want to add to this phrase, it's going to take us somewhere we don't want to go. Our pain is going to take us somewhere we don't want to go if we don't first take that pain and ourselves and take it very close to Jesus. That's going to be a key. So I, 
I've got a, to me, I think there's a really good correlation between taking our pain, our hurt, when we find ourselves helpless and hopeless, to God, our Heavenly Father. I think there's a great parallel to really the relationship that we see in a father or a mother and a child. Um, because when my child gets hurt, the very first thing, whether it be Ella or Rachel, one of the very first things that we hear when they're hurt is mommy or daddy. They need some help. They cry out to us. I'll give you a great example. A couple of days ago, me and Ella, my oldest, we went fishing. Um, we actually went fishing two days. She's, she loves to fish. Ella loves to fish. And we went fishing a couple of days. But the second day that we went, we were fishing on, uh, on a bank at a reservoir, and she got... Uh, she found a mud hole. And of course, an eight-year-old finds a mud hole. You know what's going to happen. And she gets off in this mud hole. She's got her rubber boots on. She gets off in the mud hole and she gets stuck. You know, the suction got her, you know, and so she's trying to get out of this mud hole and she starts to get out and then her foot slips out of the boot and boom, she crashes into this massive mud hole. She just starts rolling in this mud hole um, and her boot's gone. And of course, what does she do? She hollers for me, Daddy, I need some help. you got to come and save me. And, of course, after I finish chuckling a little bit, um, I, I laughed, to be straight up. And, did did go, you not stop and take a picture? I didn't. I didn't. I'm not <laughs> so a picture you're a guy. Good, you're a good parent. I kept fishing. <laughs> I kept, we were catching fish. I kept fishing. So um, as I finally realized she actually needs my help. She's hollering out for me, Mommy, Dad, you know, my Mommy, Daddy, Mommy wasn't there. She hollers at me. I go help her out, get her. And she really was stuck, man. When I pulled her out, it was like, <laughs> she like popped out. But, um, you know, that's really, that's the way it is for God and us. We holler for our Heavenly Father. God has actually built that into our DNA. He's built it into us spiritually. It's encoded on our DNA when, to, to relationally call out to God when we're hurt. That is a, that's just us. That's a human, uh, it's something human that all of us can understand. God built that into our lives. And our first instinct is to call out to God. We can think about on 9-11. Some people watching may not remember 9-11. It's hard to believe. But uh, we think about 9-11. The first instinct of a nation is to call out to God. Right now, we're dealing with this, this rogue virus that we're, we're experiencing right now. Our instinct is to call out to God. In fact, not only is it our instinct, we're being asked to call out to God. If you watch the governor, uh, Governor Asa Hutchinson, a couple of days ago, he actually said we would like today, all churches, all peoples, today is a national, or I guess in our case, a statewide day of prayer. We're calling out to God. It is our natural instinct to call out to God. It's our first instinct. But, and this is important, we have a choice to make. We have a choice to make. We can call out to God, and then after doing that, we can lean into Him and stay close to our Heavenly Father. Or once the moment of, of fear or the moment of, of being vulnerable has passed, we then turn away from Him. Yeah, that's a choice that we have to make. You know, for me, Cole, during uh, the most painful parts of, uh, let's say, the last 10 years of my life, I learned how unlike at any other stage of my life probably, I learned how to lean into God. And I wasn't just spending during those moments of immense pain, I wasn't just spending a few minutes with God each day, I was spending hours and hours with God through that pain. And as a result of that, God was reinventing me. And he was changing me all through that pain. He was making me new. Now, 
to lean into God means that it's okay for us to tell God our feelings. I mean, he already knows them anyway. It's okay for us to tell God our feelings and to bring those feelings to God. Now, here's a big thing. God is not afraid of those feelings. I know in our world today, for us men, we have a, a little phobia about feelings. So it's not like you telling your feelings to another man on this earth. No, God is much different. He is not afraid of our feelings like we have a tendency to be afraid of feelings. God is not. So we can take those feelings that we're experiencing and we can take those right to God. And here's a cool thing. I, that is actually even a part of worship for us to take those feelings to God instead of taking those feelings to someone else. Or, I mean, I'm not saying we can't share feelings, but to take those feelings to something unhealthy, to take those feelings to something else for comfort, um, like to take those feelings into a marital affair, or to take those feelings and share them with an addiction where you're going to be getting comfort for those feelings you're experiencing. Um, all, all of those negative things, those really are idols. And so if we could choose instead to take those feelings from this pain and to worship God through those feelings by taking those feelings to God, that actually is a form of worship when we can learn how to do that. Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. This is Paul describing his experience of some pain. He said, we were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. In other words, people say, hey, God's not going to give you any more than you can handle. I would disagree. Paul says, this was beyond what I could handle. This was beyond what I could endure. We were overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure, and we thought that we would never live through it. Here's the big thing. In fact, he said, we expected to die. But as a result, as a result, in other words, what happened to Paul, he's saying this was bad. There's no other way to look at it. This was horrible. This was bad. But the result, God was able to use this for something good. Even though God may not have caused what was happening, as you said just a moment ago, Cole, God allowed this to happen, and God can use this for good. And so Paul is saying, this was more than we could handle. It was more than we could endure. So we had to lean into God. And he said this. So, uh, in fact, he said we expected to die, but as a result, we stopped relying upon ourselves, and we learned to rely only on God who raises the dead. It was more than he could endure, and it was painful. So what about us? What about us? What, what about you? For so many of us who are participating this morning, so many of us, we have experienced in our lives a death of somebody very close to us, or maybe even we experienced ourselves or someone in our family a deadly illness. Or maybe it was a divorce. Or maybe it was just something exceptionally painful. And those experiences, for some of us who are participating right now, those experiences 
drove us, led us toward God because of that pain. What happened was bad. It was painful and it hurt. But the result ended up being good. Now listen to this paraphrase here of 2 Corinthians. This is Paul speaking. And this is a paraphrase of 2 Corinthians 7 verse 9. He says, now I'm glad. And here, listen to what he's glad about. Not that you were upset, but that you were jarred into turning things around. You let the distress bring you to God, not drive you away from him. The result was all gain and no loss. So our first big point was take it to God. And that's where it always starts. It always starts with taking it to the Heavenly Father. Cry out, Daddy, Daddy. Because that's our natural instinct. But then our second big point this morning would be this. Next, after we've taken it to God, next, take our hurt to our small group. Take our hurt to our small group. Take our hurt to the people who are in our lives that are investing in our lives and we're investing in their lives. They're that support system that God put in place, that Jesus put in place, his church, to help us when times are tough. Now, for some of us watching, if you're connected with Stuttgart Harvest Church, of course, uh, we have a small group ministry, and that small group ministry is exactly what we're talking about. Maybe you are connected to a church that uh, doesn't have small groups. Maybe it's, maybe it's a smaller church, and your entire church is your small group. But we would encourage you, take your hurts to your small group. That's where we learn, and that's where we practice grace with one another. Grace with one another by showing grace to each other it's going to strengthen our relationships. It's going to strengthen those relationships that God has put in our life. Um, sharing suffering, it's interesting because it actually has a tendency to kind of bond us together, super glue us together. Last week we talked about different types of bonds. Um, sharing our relationships, sharing our hurts and sharing our pain, if we do that uh, in the context of that small group atmosphere, it just has a tendency to bring us together. Um, and and it's, it's amazing how, again, God has put that, he's encoded that onto our human DNA. And the only way that we can get there the only way we can get to that point is to be vulnerable enough. And if you're, a, if you're a man watching right now, Harley and myself, we can relate. That is not something that's easy for me to do, to be vulnerable with, especially a group of people. But being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to share our weaknesses, share our sufferings, and share our feelings. And then, as a result of that, receive not judgment, but receive grace. Receive grace from that group of people who are investing into our lives. And uh, Paul puts it really very succinctly in, in his letter to the church at Galatia. Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, Paul says, Share each other's burdens, and in this way obey the law of Christ. Sharing and suffering, it teaches us a, a much deeper love and a much deeper grace than what we can understand otherwise. And um, in fact, we in, at Stuttgart Harvest Church in our small group ministry, uh, this rogue virus, this coronavirus that we're experiencing right now, it's kind of changed things up for our small group. And we would typically be able to meet together face to face and and pray with one another and praise with one another and 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 share our lives with one another. But of course, the last couple of weeks that's been impossible. So what we've been doing, and if you're connected with Stuttgart Harvest Church right now and and you're in a small group, this is directly for you. If you're not connected with a small group at Stuttgart Harvest Church, then we're giving you an opportunity right now 
send us a direct message and we'll get you in a small group. We'll have a mid-small group trimester sign up. And if you'll connect with us and say, hey, we want to get in a small group right now because we need, we're scared. We're kind of we're freaking out a little bit right now. Uh, my wife used the term last night. She has some anxiety that she's experiencing. If you would like to be in a small group at Stuttgart Harvest Church, send us a direct message and we'll get you in one. But what we're going to be doing this week, if you're connected with a small group, you're going to be getting communication from your small group leaders. Now, the mode of communication will be different for different groups. I know we've got one group, two groups, in fact, that have created a, a closed Facebook group that they're going to be connecting with one another with. We, You may be receiving it through a group text or like a, um, a group me type app. It could be phone calls. It could be text messages. We're actually talking about beginning to use the Zoom uh, technology, the Zoom app to actually have some face-to-face small groups. But what's really interesting is this week, if you're in a small group, you are going to begin having a Another method of communicating those vulnerabilities, those hurts, those pains, those prayers, and those praises. And so be looking for that this week. We've already had great conversations with our small group leaders, and, and that's getting started right yeah. now. So, And you're going to be helping them with the technology, technology side of that yeah, because this is, that. A, a, this is a whole a, new deal, a whole for, new us. deal for us. And, but those small groups, it's so important. We, so we wanted to take this pain and this hurt to God, and we want to take this pain and hurt to a small group where we can learn to have grace for each other. And then here's the third big thing. We want to allow this hurt, allow my hurt to make me more like Jesus. And this is a huge thing. God wants to make us more and more like Jesus. His spirit has a desire to give us more and more love, more and more joy and peace and patience. He wants to give us more gentleness and goodness, and he wants to give us more faithfulness and meekness and self-control, all of those good things, and they all come from God's Spirit. But how do we develop these nine qualities that we hear so much about in the New Covenant? And they're so important to God. So how do they happen in our life? Well, here's the thing. Most often, those things happen in our lives when we are going through tough times, pain, difficult times. I learn to be more loving when I'm in unlovely situations. I I learn joy when I'm going through grief. I learn peace only when I'm going through chaos. Learning the the exact opposite of that painful situation, that painful experience. Now we have a choice in that. Again, we can let that pain that we're experiencing make us more like Jesus or we can let that pain make us an uglier version of ourselves, make us a worse version of myself. It's a choice I have. In Proverbs, the the wisdom writer says this. He says, sometimes it takes a painful experience to make us change our ways. Harley, I like like the way Rick Warren puts it. Uh, Rick Warren, of course, founding pastor of Saddleback Church and writer of 
tons of, of books. The most uh, well-known, of course, The Purpose Driven Life, probably. But Rick Warren puts it uh, probably as clearly and, and succinct as I can imagine. He says, so th this is a direct quote from Rick Warren. He says, if God's going to make you like Jesus, loving like Jesus, thinking like Jesus, being kind like Jesus, being truthful like Jesus, having the character, the integrity, the generosity, and the humility of Jesus, if God's going to make you like Jesus, he's going to take you through the things that Jesus went through. Yeah, and Rick goes on, and he kind of uh, explains that even further when he says this. Listen to this. He says, uh, were there times when Jesus was lonely? And he answers, yes, there were times. Are there times when you will be lonely? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was misunderstood? Yes. Were there be times when you are misunderstood? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was criticized and maligned and judged? Yes. The same for you. Were there times when Jesus was so tired that, and fatigued that he felt like he couldn't go on another day? Yes. Were there times when Jesus was tempted? Yes. So it begs the question, I think it begs the question, what makes me think that God is going to rescue me out of those things? I mean, if God did not spare his own son out of painness, pain, painness, pain <laughs> and suffering uh, and, and heartache, if God did not spare his own son, why would he spare me? He didn't rescue Jesus from pain. Uh, and if God's going to make me like Christ, then that's the purpose. If God's going to make me like Christ, then he's going to take me through some of the th same things that Jesus himself went through. If there's any question of whether this is live or not, uh -huh. it is. What, what happened? Because I couldn't stop laughing at painness. Oh, painness. I'm sorry. <laughs> so there you go. We, we should have gotten, I've been saying the last couple of weeks we should get a uh, newspaper with the date on it so we can yeah. prove that we're doing this live. Um, so again, before we were so rudely interrupted by Harley, if God is going to uh, make me more like Jesus, then he's going to allow me to go through some of the th same things that Jesus went through. The writer of Hebrews, in chapter 5, verse 8, he put it like this. Verse 8, even though Jesus was God's son, he learned obedience from the things he suffered. Cole, that blows me away. It does. Because that gets into the human side of Jesus. Yes, Jesus yeah. learning. Right. He completely God, but completely human. It's the human side yeah. of Jesus that learned to do the right thing, even though it wasn't the easy thing. And yet he still did it. Again, mind-blowing. Hard to wrap my human finite mind around that concept. Jesus learned through pain. How am I going to learn to do the right thing even though it's not the easy thing? Same way Jesus did. I'm going to learn it through that pain. Um, there are some things in life that the only way we're going to learn might be through pain. I know when um, I was teaching, that was one of the things I used to tell my students all the time. I would say, look, you're going to learn. You're either going to learn the easy way or you're going to learn the hard way. And the easy way is me telling you. The hard way is you experiencing the ramifications. And there are some things, and as I've gotten older, I completely understand it. I had to learn them the hard way. I had to learn them through pain. Uh, Paul 
I think does an awesome job of, of kind of paraphrasing this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 11. This is, a, this is a paraphrase of what Paul had to say. He says, And now isn't it wonderful all the ways in which this distress has goaded you closer to God? You're more alive, more concerned, more sensitive, more reverent, more human, more passionate, more responsible, looked at from any angle. You've come out of this with a purity of heart. I love that phrase, more human. Uh, you know, human the way Jesus wants us to be human. You know, Paul, Paul is recognizing that this group of people, they have just gone through a great pain. And he recognizes that and he says, look, look what came out of that. You know, it's hard to see that when you're in the moment, but look what came out of that. Look at the changes that, that you allowed God to make in your lives. That's what he's saying to the church. Um, are, are there some new things that we want in our own lives to be more alive, to be more concerned? Maybe we need to be more sensitive, just like here. Maybe we need to be more reverent. Maybe we need to be, according to how Jesus wants us to be more human, more passionate, more responsible. And perhaps... God is going to use some kind of pain that we are experiencing to change us and to reinvent us. The truth is, pain can actually make us new if we will cooperate with God in this process. Pain never leaves us where we started. It's either going to carry us to better or it's going to carry us to bitter. It's going to pick us up and it's going to take us somewhere and the only way that we can that it can take us to better is if we will give that pain over to God no matter who is causing it or what the source of it is if we will take it to God and if we will lean hard into God and then we begin to cooperate with him and what he wants to do in our life and through our lives. Every single one of us, we have pain. We experience that. Every single one of us, on some, in some way, we have experienced loss. Everyone has been cheated. Everyone has been hurt. Everyone gets broken in life. We cannot escape that pain. It's going to happen. Which makes this next statement so very important. One of the big differences between people who can be considered a winner in this life and people who are going to lose in this life is one word. And that difference, that one word is resilience, which is the ability for us to get back up after we have been knocked down by something painful. So when I'm down, when you're down, when we are down and we are hurt, that's when we need to lean into God. That's when we need to lean into others. And that's when we allow God to change us, when we're down. And as that happens, and as we slowly get back up, we're changed. And as we carefully get back up from that pain and from that experience, we're new. And we get back up reinvented by God. You see, Paul, 
in his letter to the, his second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul kind of gives us a list of some things that he experienced during his ministry. Now, we're not, and we're not going to read the, the scriptures or the verses where he talks about it, but if you read, uh, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 30, but before verse 23, you can tell Paul's very hesitant. He's very hesitant in giving us this list that he's going to give it, but he says, look, basically, God didn't rescue me from pain. And this is the way, and, and this is paraphrased, but these are the words of Paul paraphrased. 2 Corinthians 11, 23 through 30. Now, now, keep in mind, this is Paul, arguably the greatest missionary, preacher, teacher that has ever lived. This is God's guy, if, if you will. And these are the words of Paul, paraphrased. I've worked much harder, been jailed more often, beaten up more times than I can count, and at death's door time after time. I've been flogged five times, with the Jews 39 lashes, beaten by Roman rods three times, pummeled by rocks once. If we need to get in our mind what those beatings were like, that's what Jesus went through. Right. So we're not talking about a, a, uh, a spanking right. here. We're talking about torture. Torture. We're talking yeah. about, as a result of Paul's decisions and his choices. He has yeah. experienced these things. He continues on. I've been shipwrecked three times and immersed in the open sea for a night and a day. 24 hours Paul spent stranded in, in, in we can assume, the Mediterranean Sea. 24 hours. In hard traveling year in and year out, I've had to ford rivers, fend off robbers, struggle with friends, struggle with foes. I've been at risk in the city, at risk in the country, endangered by desert sun and sea storm, and betrayed, I like, this is, this hits home for a lot of people today, betrayed by those I thought were my brothers. Paul's saying, I've experienced all these things. Verse 27, I've known drudgery and hard labor, many a long and lonely night without sleep, many a missed meal, blasted by the cold, naked to the weather. And that's, that's not the half of it. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, because remember, Paul was responsible for all of these churches that he had planted in his ministry. When you throw in the daily pressures and anxieties of all the churches, when someone gets to the end of his rope, I feel the desperation in my bones. When someone is duped into sin, an angry fire burns in my gut. And then Paul says in verse 30, if I have to brag about myself, I'll brag about the humiliations that make me like Jesus. There you go. Pain God can use to make us like Jesus. And Paul, in that very same letter, he tells us that if we will choose to be resilient, if we will learn how to bounce back through the pain, then God is going to use that to make us more like Jesus as well. Listen to what he says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. He says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. And in verse 10, he says, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be seen in our bodies. So, question, why, how? After we go through that litany of things that Paul experienced during his ministry, 
how and why is Paul able to bounce back? Why was he able to get back up if after pain, after pain, and hurt, after hurt, after hurt? Why? How? Because Paul had a change of thinking. And he had a change of perspective about the pain that he experienced in his life. Paul, he viewed the pain that he was experiencing and that he went through as preparing him for the next chapter in his life, for preparing him for what was next, the things that he couldn't see that were around the corner. He just viewed it as getting him ready for whatever was next, whatever was around that corner. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16, 17, and 18. This is the way Paul puts it. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that, is, that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. So Paul had a change of perspective, a change of thinking. And Paul had his eyes on the finish line through all of that pain. That was the difference. That's what led to that resilience. If we do that, we will be in the process of becoming new, which is in the process of us becoming more and more and more like Jesus. Uh, the writer of Hebrews says this in chapter 12. He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. That's exactly what Paul did. We're not sure that Paul wrote this. A lot of people think maybe he did. But he said, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy. Now, this blows my mind. So he says, for the joy that was in front of him, set before him, he endured the cross, not joyful. He knew the joy was around the corner, as Cole said. It was coming. He endured the cross. He endured the scorning. It's shame. And he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's what was coming. Now, I don't know what has you struggling today. I don't know what has you all tangled up in fear. It may be this virus that has, as Cole used the word a minute ago, anxiety, maybe. I, I don't know what it is for you, if it's related to the virus or maybe it's financial because the virus has caused so many layoffs and so many uh, businesses to temporarily close and change the way they do business, which maybe has eliminated temporarily your job. And that's going to cause some financial stress. Maybe it's that. Maybe you have some kind of physical thing, nothing related to the virus at all, but you have something that's going on. Maybe there's just something in your life that's just kind of hanging on to you and it won't seem to let go and it continues to produce in your life some kind of pain or some kind of hurt relationally. I, I, I don't know. Maybe because of that, things have just not gone your way, and maybe they've gone from bad to worse. And you may be asking God, God, how long are you going to allow this to happen? Because as Paul said a moment ago, I don't think I can take it anymore. 
and you may not be able to look forward and see the light at the end of the tunnel. You may not be able to see an end to this painful experience that you're in. You may not. It just may be there and you don't see any way out. You don't know how you're going to get through it to the other side. And you may be discouraged and you may be ready to give up. And this morning, here's what we're asking you to do. Will you lean hard into God? And we mean you may be needing hours during the day spent with God, not minutes, but hours this week, perhaps. The second thing we're asking you to do is will you share this suffering with your small group? Will you let them, and we do this imperfectly, but will you let them learn how to love you and how to give you grace through this trouble and this struggle? Cole is working with the small group leaders to figure out how we can stay in contact with you even though we cannot be physically face-to-face. Will you lean into God, lean into your small group, And then will you ask God to use this pain that you're experiencing, use this pain to make you more like Jesus? Will you ask him? Because God does not want to waste your hurt, and God does not want you to waste your hurt. But he's wanting for us to choose to allow him to change us through this hurt. And with that, I'm going to ask you, will you join me as we talk to our Heavenly Father? Let's pray. God, you are more concerned with our growth than you are with our comfort. God, we understand that you would rather make me more like you than to make my life easier. And God, so much of our change comes through pain. And it's in our lives and around our lives. And God, we're trying to learn how to take this pain and take it to you. And when we do, may we cash in this pain for life change that you want to make. We're trusting you with our lives. We're trying to trust you with our hurts. May your spirit use this pain to give us more love and more joy, more peace and patience and more gentleness and goodness. And we ask you, God, to give us more and more faithfulness, meekness, kindness, self-control. And we ask these things in the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Amen.